0: Welcome to Christian Concepts, a weekly show in which I hold thoughtful discussions about Christianity, its concepts, and misconceptions. I'm your host, Taj. When I was 25 years old, I found myself in the midst of a quarter-life crisis. Well, at least that's what I like to call it, because 25, let's assume I will have the blessing to live to 100 years old, assuming my health is great, and what have you, but... Yeah, I just joke around and say I had a quarter-life crisis. Anywho, uh, my business had failed. My relationship was just in shambles. Uh, Everything that I really valued the most, I was losing. And during that same time, I was just, I I hit rock bottom, and I was just seeking for everything. I didn't know what was going on. I, in the same week, I started to uh, speak to a pastor, started having some Bible studies. And if you listen to the first episode of this podcast, you really see all the backstory of everything that was going on in my life. Uh, At that point, what uh, led up to my salvation, but also I was uh, meeting with a psychologist. So here we go. In one week, basically, I started seeing a psychologist and a pastor. After about an hour of my first Bible studies, you know, I went home and everything, and it was at that point I realized I needed to be saved. And after about several sessions of going to the psychologist, I learned that I was suffering from severe anxiety. And I began to start to manage all of that and get all of that under control. And it really made a drastic change in my life. So at the same time, I was saved and I was getting my anxiety under control. I mean, it was very obvious from the outside, my friends, family, anyone that could see what was going on. So I began to really share what was happening, how I was making this miraculous recovery so quickly. Of course, my psychologist and my non-Christian friends thought that my faith was some sort of uh, way of coping with all the crisis that I was going through, and it was basically like a crutch to get me through life. And on the other side, my Christian friends were wondering, well, why did I need a psychologist if I truly found Christ? Was that not enough? So today, we're going to take a look about what the Bible actually says about handling stress and crisis and what we as Christians should do. If you've listened to episode 24, you know I spoke about life as a Christian. Many new converts walk away from the faith uh, because they have unbiblical expectations coming into the faith. They're established with these patterns and beliefs when they're very young in the faith and it leads them to disappointment and they end up deserting and just walking away in discouragement. Putting your faith in Christ does not guarantee things will be perfect for the rest of your life. In fact, I would even say the opposite. Many storms arise in the sea of life but Jesus is in the boat with us. In fact, God will allow more storms to come our way so unbelievers will see what we're going through and see his grace in our lives. And in amazement, they will end up putting their faith in Christ and coming along with us. I can say for me, definitely, it took a hurricane to bring me to Christ. And I have seen many storms since that day. But like the Bible says, his grace is sufficient And despite whatever I go through, no matter what comes my way, I know that he is here with me and he'll help me to get through it. And of course, this really comes from the Bible. First, we'll take a look at First Peter 5, verse 6 and 7, where it says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your cares upon him, for he careth for you. So, this is where a lot of us, one of the verses that we go to for just giving it all to God, right? No matter what we face in life, it could be uh, health issues, fam- family problems, it could be friends, drama, work, it could be finances, it doesn't matter what it is, whatever demon is staring down uh, our, us in the face, and our life, and our families, that we just cast it all onto God because he cares for us. He does not want us to suffer, and he will help us through it. And this this verse is just one of those just uh, staples that we as Christians, when we're going through all these different things in our lives that we turn to and anchor our faith in and we just know and bank on the promises of God that he is there for us. And of course, we know that the Lord is there and He is willing to carry the load for us. And this comes from Matthew 11, particularly starting in verse 28. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So in that passage, Jesus lets his disciples... And us know that we can really cast all of our cares, all of our problems, just tying in with what was written in 1 Peter. What he is saying is... If we are tied to him, because a yoke is the thing, it's a wooden thing that they would use for draft animals. You know, back in the day when oxen or cows or whatever it was, uh, mules are pulling the plow in the field, what farmers use to dig up the dirt. And, you know, this is so far removed because now we have, uh, tractors and what have you. And uh, some people have never even seen a tractor because they've never been on a farm. But back in the day, it was animals and the yoke was this wooden thing that would, uh, go around the necks of two animals so that way. They would pull the plow, pull the tractor, if you will, and dig up the field. So when it says, take my yoke upon you, that means we are we are attaching ourselves to Christ. Right. And with him, he's the one that's really pulling the weight. Right. That's what it means, because the two animals would be pulling that plow through the field and doing the work together. But Jesus is saying for my yoke is easy and my burden is light, meaning that once we are in Christ, really and truly, he's the one that's doing all the heavy lifting. He's doing all the work and we are anchored or yoked to him, whatever you want to say. So no matter what we face, no matter how hard it is, we just know that he's there to do the pulling with us. And as Christians, we just know that really that worrying and fear is of the devil and that we are supposed to really put all of our faith, our trust in Jesus, put it in the Lord, and we're supposed to bring everything to him in prayer. And we are supposed to, uh, no matter how big that trouble is that is staring us in the face, that we know that we can bring it to him. And Philippians 4, 6 is one of those encouraging verses that uh, we love to go to and we look at and we just know that, okay, when when everything is going wrong in life, when all these things, the storms of life is a Against us, we can turn to this. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplications, with thanksgiving, let your request be made unto God, right? So in that, no matter what it is, be careful for nothing, meaning don't worry, don't care too much. In in a modern way of speaking, we would say, you know, don't worry about it, you know, just give it to God, bring it to him in prayer. Let our request be known, okay? Uh, you need to be healed from this. You need this to happen. You need uh, the door to open up for you to get a job that you're not qualified for, for whatever it is. Uh, you need to get a visa to get into a certain country so that way you can spread the gospel, you can uh, just, you name it, no matter what the circumstances, no matter what's going on, a marriage is failing, uh, your your child ran away from home, uh, just anything. Don't worry, God is in control. So now how does all this come back into what does therapy have to do with this? Because all these verses, all this stuff is saying, it's really it, it it's it's all about God doing the, the solving of the problems. Don't worry about anything, just pray about it, don't be careful, uh, don't worry, and all these different things. And trust me, there are just countless more. Uh you can go through all the Psalms and just just endless amounts of verses, but I just want to hit those three because those are the New Testament ones that we love to anchor our faith in. We love to bring up during rough times when it comes to therapy and psychologists, there is a lot of cultural and religious stigmas that are attached to it. First of all, with culture, we think that, okay, if I'm going to therapy, that means I'm crazy. Well, I'm not crazy, so I don't need a therapist. Or, you know, we have a lot of skepticism when it comes to doctors and, you know, psychologists. And we think of psychologists or psychiatrists uh, as uh, they're just gonna put me on medication, they're gonna put me on this, and I don't want to be on that. And not necessarily thinking that, okay, uh, maybe it's talking because there's actually different types. There is a therapist who is just a trained person to speak to you, work through your issues. Then there's a psychologist who actually has a PhD as a doctor, but does not prescribe medicine. And then there is a psychiatrist who is a MD, a medical doctor that writes prescriptions and what have you. So there's different levels of it. Different people uh, will see different things. And I'm speaking uh, from the, the point of view that I know there is a lot of skepticism with the whole uh, a therapist, a psychologist, psychiatrist, whatever it is. Uh, depending what culture you're from, you know, it shows weakness, especially uh, if you are a man or an athlete, because athletes, whether male or female, are known to be tough. They're known to grind through things. So to think of therapy, uh, depending what circles you're in, uh, it's, it's it's like a sign of weakness. So there's a lot of stigma attached to that. And when we, we are in the, the religious context of within the church, the stigma that is attached to that is that we we tend to say, okay, well, this person is not strong in their faith or they're, they're doubting God. They're not doing uh, what they should do as far as uh, praying and all these different things. And the question arises, well, why does that person need therapy if their faith is so strong? And some people will even say because they've had uh, received some bad advice from a psychologist or a therapist that was unbiblical. They'll say, well, uh, therapy is unbiblical and it's just some... Uh, uh, new-aged or some pagan advice that that is in direct conflict with the Bible. Well, I can tell you my personal experience and what I went through and everything, and uh, to, so you can make the decision on yourself and see how it lines up with the Bible. Well, I ex- ex- already expressed and explained that uh, within the same week, uh, if, if not the same day, I think as a matter of fact, yes, on many occasions on the same day, I would schedule uh, the pastor uh, in the afternoon because I would spend more time with him. So I would have a morning uh, session with the psychologist for an hour, and then I would uh, walk literally down the road because they were on the same, s- well, w- within a quarter mile of each other. Uh, then I would go to uh, hang out at the church, speak to the pastor and get some advice from him. And I know, you know, I might be there for two, three hours, however long could be. But once I found faith, I actually got into the Bible and I realized that I was lost, which I, like I said, it was very quick. It was after our first meeting. And I walked away from it. Just my mind was blown, and I said, "Wow!" Like I, I grew up in church. How did I not see this stuff? Uh, so immediately there was that new creature, that new that change after I found salvation. That it changed my wants and desires. I was no longer seeking after the things that would get me into trouble, into harm's way, or whatever it was, as far as stress and just anxiety. Um, and I learned to pray about those things. And I and now I had uh, faith and hope, and you know, I, I I didn't have that sense of doom like. Like, oh no everything is going wrong and all these different things as much and you know of course as i'm learning all about this the the faith and i'm learning doctrine and i'm learning what the bible says about you know uh lifestyles and just good advice on friendships and all this different stuff it was doing a lot to me but When I was going to uh, the psychologist also, we're speaking about, well, first of all, she was the one who identified the fact how much anxiety I had. When I thought of anxiety, I'm just thinking of, you know, um, like a little child waking up and, uh, you know, their birthday or whatever, and they have gifts and they just want to open the gifts. Like, Can I open the gifts? Can I open the gifts? That's what I thought of anxiety was. But it is so much more than that. And without the help of the psychologist, uh, I I would not understand, especially all the, the brain work that is going into it. And, you know, the, the Bible has all this information about the prayer and what we should do, um, how we're supposed to cast our cares upon him. But the actual brain work and seeing how all this stuff does, like the actual science behind it is what I learned from. I wouldn't have been able to identify if I wasn't given some resources uh, to to research uh, from a psychologist. And with me, with my anxiety, it manifested itself in a lot of ways, but especially uh, it was in... uh, a tense body. I had an overactive mind. I was focusing on the things that were negative, especially that were in the future or the past, you know, beating up myself about the mistakes I've done. Oh, I should have done that. I shouldn't have talked to that person. How did I end up in that relationship? All those different things, beating up myself, and then looking at the future, thinking, oh, wow, like, you know, um, is it all downhill from there? Could these different things be worse? Will I be 50 and just miserable? Uh, will I be just, you, you know, all these different things and uh, broke and, and and all, just everything that of the future was creating a lot more anxiety. So it just snowballed. It bounced back from, man, I should have done that in the past and to not set myself up for that in the future. And it was just a crazy spiral. So once I was able to identify those things and I was able to literally just keep telling myself, stop, 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 stop thinking about it and keep myself in the present, it allowed me to then focus on, okay, what was triggering this? Why did I feel this way? And then I was able to Identify those things or reduce those things, because once you identify what it was that is causing the anxiety, if it's something that you can avoid, avoid it. Uh, for example, uh, some people, sugars and caffeines, uh, those things will trigger their anxiety and heighten their sensitivity to just everything around them, right? So if that, that is a person like you, then identifying that and knowing that will help you to uh, reduce those things or avoid them altogether. But also, I realized I was having a lot of just shallow breathing and just awkwardness in my body. And that was really helped with a lot of breath work. That is something that I learned from uh, this whole process. Slow, deep breaths. And just a simple thing like that, uh, I have trained myself now that anytime I'm waiting in line at the bank, I'm waiting for, you know, someone to come out, you know, let's say I pull up and they're not ready to get out of the house. For example, my wife, if I'm picking her up and, you know, she's still in the house, she's taking a little long. I will sit there and I'll just do some breath work. I'll do breathing and it calms me down. It makes me relax. And now I just do it subconsciously when I'm waiting for something, uh, you know, a commercial break or just anything that you could possibly think of. I just automatically start to go into uh, breath work and breathing. And I learned a lot of this stuff through the help of going to the psychologist. And of course, I want to just point out the fact, too, that. Once I was able to speak about these different things that, you know, that I was experiencing and thinking, it helped me to be honest with my feelings, identify my feelings and be honest with them, which is something that especially as a man, we're not very uh, used to doing in our culture. And seeing, okay, I'm feeling a certain way because of this. Why does that bother me so much? And ask questions such as that and really get to the root of these uh, these causes of whatever's causing me to be anxious or feel a certain way, a negative feeling that I know is, okay, you know, that's not godly for me to think about a person in that manner. Why am I thinking about them that way? Oh, it's because of that. I wonder if it's because of that. And I start to, and I say, you know what, it's really not a big deal. They probably didn't mean something by that or whatever. And I could basically talk myself uh, into the, or out of having these negative feelings or whatever it might be. And it really helps me on a, a, just a broad level. So when people say, well, as a Christian, do you really need therapist I wouldn't say you need a therapist but I I like to say that the therapist and speaking with the pastor they they were invaluable to me during that time because I'm telling you my life was a complete train wreck just so much was going on and I did not know how to cope with it and it 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 Everything, uh, I really believe that the Lord orchestrated that for everything to happen, uh, the way it happened, that I was literally meeting with a pastor and a a psychologist on the same day, um, back to back. So I can only give my personal experience. And some people have, of course, the, the stigma against it saying, oh, it is absolutely unbiblical and this and that, you have the Lord, so everything is okay. I can tell you that, yes, there were times when Uh, My therapist would give me some advice that I did not necessarily agree with because of what I know is in the Bible, for example. Uh, She uh, once gave me advice about, uh, I I need to go out more, maybe I need to party, uh, do some dating and what have you. And, uh you know, because I was always so structured and quote unquote, the good kid, and I didn't do the, uh, you know, certain things that, you know, normal people of my age in my 20s would be doing. That she was like, well, maybe you're boxing yourself in too much. But I just knew it just that didn't line up with the Bible per se. So I didn't follow every single thing she said. However, I could say 95% of it was just great. And it really uh, greatly impacted my life. And till this day, I have resources that I have photocopied and shared with countless people because of this session or because of those sessions. And that was about 10 years ago. So yeah, I do not believe either one of those. Uh, replaces each other. And just as a, a Christian would go to a doctor for their pain, a trainer for when they want to lose weight or get more fit... Or, you know, so many different things. We have specialists, we had advisors for our finances and so many things. And yes, the Bible covers all of those topics. The Bible has something about our diets for nutrition. It has uh, money practices and uh, taking on debt and all so many things. There's verses and scriptures about that. However, we still see financial advisors and all these different specialists because they have additional information. And as long as it's not in contrast with what the Bible's teaching, I personally do not see anything wrong with it, because at the end of the day, uh, what we are believing, our faith is, is built on the foundations of the Christian concepts that come from the Bible, you know, God's word, and we put our faith in Jesus, we pray, and we're guided by the Holy Spirit. And as long as that is not violated by uh, a doctor or a therapist or, a advisor or an advisor, I should say, um, I, I see nothing wrong with that personally. And I really believe it comes down to just a cultural stigma and it just extends itself into the church because again, you know, th- there's just so much n- negativity towards, uh, therapy and thinking that, oh, the person's crazy. So no, I can't be associated with that. And, you know, there's even that word just crazy. It's, a, it's, it's just so much negativity that comes with the word. And it's attached itself to therapy. And when it comes to uh, a Christian going to it, it's like, wow, well, the Lord should have rid of you of all of those things. So you definitely must not be a Christian. And you, most people don't want to be put up to that ridicule. So even if they go to therapy, they'll do it in secrecy. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's really a cultural thing. So what are your thoughts? I mean, I covered a lot. I told my personal stories and I would love to know what you're thinking. And the only advice and disclaimer I will say is if you do go to a therapist, if you have never gone before, because I like to say if you're over 18, (laughs) see a therapist at least once and just you don't have to take everything they say as gospel however, hear them out and see, maybe it'll help you out. Maybe you'll identify something that you did not know. And you can even refer back to the Bible and say, well, is this advice that it should take or not? So, uh, what are your feet? Well, what, what are your thoughts on the issue? I would love to hear what you have to say. As usual, you can reach out to me. All the contact information is in the show notes and until next time, later.